0: Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, halfback, flat, on to, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42. Blue
1: 42.
2: Morning, Brock. How are you now?
0: Good morning, Polly. Good morning. I'm doing well. Doing well. I am looking forward to the day where you can catch the lefty spin. One of these days, we're gonna line it up. We'll go out there on the street like we did with the Russ Simber back in the day, and I'll throw some screaming BBs at you.
2: Hit me, yeah. hit me, baby.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh, ooh, I'll which put some which of the dudes? Them on them. For, which which of the dudes from Entourage did you fire ooh, the bullet through their ooh, arms? Yeah. What was it Johnny names? Drama?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it was Johnny Drama. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't hit his face. But they, I told were them they short. Oh, they were all little guys. Yeah, everyone in yeah. Hollywood's pretty little, Danny. Actually, one of them, I think, was maybe close to six foot, and then the other three were all, yeah, they were all on the on the more petite end of things. But uh, one day, one day, I uh, I am curious, Danny. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, watching the Husky spring game, as you did. When you watched my nephew throw, mechanically, did you see some of his uncle? It's just free and easy with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit?
1: Yeah. I, I, it's He throws more like you than he does Damon, that's
0: for well, sure. Well, it's just it's so it's surreal seeing it still for me. At number seven, under center, something he obviously never did at Kennedy Catholic, so there's been a learning curve and still will be. But, man, watching him throw some of those passes, even for his uncle, his own family, it was a little surreal to me. Like, golly, that... And he throws very much over the top. So yeah, yes. da- Damon was over the top as a right hander, but it just looks because most lefties are. I'm sorry to sabotage the segment, but most lefties are you know kind of three quarters. Boomer, yep. Mark Burnell, um, you know, just uh, Steve Young, very much three quarters to get all the way over the top, which is how I threw it and how Sammy throws it. Is yeah, it was a little a little surreal watching him. He's got great touch on the ball. It's impressive. He can spin it pretty good. Spin it yes, pretty can. pretty pretty good. Alright, Polly, what you got? Sorry, I'm glad, buddy.
2: I'm glad that neither of you were forced to be right handed, like some people may or may oh, not no. have
0: been. Oh, is that what, what
2: happened to you, Paul? I, I may have been left handed as a small child, yes. No way. Yeah, I may have been, yes.
1: How, and they forced you to be right-handed? Do I, they know nothing about raising pitchers? <laughs> honestly, I
2: think I, 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 I got to ask my parents about this because I don't think this was a like Catholic school problem. Anywho.
0: Is that all those pictures I saw of you hand tied behind your back? Yeah, man. It was yeah. it, it was pretty oh, dark back brutal. at St. Paul's Elementary,
2: but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I got to ask my parents for confirmation on this. All right. All right. Question number one, Brock. Fill in the blank. The Seahawks are blank at drafting.
0: The Seahawks are their own animal when it comes to drafting. They do it their way. They're the Frank Sinatra. Yeah. The Seahawks are Frank Sinatra when it comes to drafting. They will do it their way. They look for their kind of traits each and every year. There, There is no way that even those of us that follow a both the draft closely and this team closely could ever put names on a list. You know, if... Ten, fifteen, twenty, 15, 20 and, and, and be right. I mean, they, they just go about it their own way, their own methodology, and they believe in it from the very top down. Uh, everybody is bought in on that. So yeah, they are the Frank Sinatra of drafting
2: in that song. My way regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention any regrets over yes. the last two years oh, yes. specifically, because I think 2017, 2018, we can point at those two as draft classes that were not good. The last two years, I have been feeling pretty good about the returns thus far, though maybe there's not the star power out of L.J. Collier. D.K. Metcalf and Marquise Blair are pretty exciting. Sure. And yeah. last year's draft class, I, really top to bottom, outside of Daryl Taylor, who we didn't see, I, I think you got a pretty good amount out of just about all those guys
0: yeah I mean daryl Taylor 's going to be a big one we 'll see if he can ever play in this league, ever produce, ever stay healthy uh, we, get, we saw the news yesterday that Malik McDowell is finally going to get a second chance in this league from the Cleveland browns uh, all, you know and they 're going to probably try to hold hand and and see if they can get anything out of him and, and medically he 's obviously been cleared to uh, to pursue that so yes there have there have certainly been uh, their misses over the years. There has, has been some upside. Were, I think the toughest stretch, Paul, to be honest with you, was what, Danny, fifteen through eighteen. Some some of those classes where they took some real reaches because they felt like their roster was so good that it was going to be hard for any conventional type of athlete or 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 you know just any above average player. So it was you know boom or bust in some of those classes, and man, there was a pretty high bust rate. 2015 was a
1: decent class because you had Frank Clark, and and Tyler Lockett were both in that one. the The real problem, I think, the real problems came when when you had a couple years where you tried to load up and get secondary players. Like there was the draft where it was Tedrick Thompson and Delano Hill, and I think and then there was one with Mike Tyson, and they they didn't get anybody that was no, a long term fit. Was that year them.
0: where they kind of also? Really tried to to get like a bunch of four third round picks: Riso DiAmbo and Nick Vanette and Delano Hill. That that was bad, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah, some of those numbers, I think I think it's a challenge, too, because they hit so well early in their years in that fifth, you know, the K.J. Wrights and the Richard Shermans and the Cam Chancellors in that fourth, fifth, sixth round that they felt like, yeah, we are going to be able to find those diamonds in the rough in that class and in that group of uh, players more than anybody else. And their hit rate was so unbelievably high that kind of like maybe the Mariners' bullpen and hopefully like the Mariners' hitting will somehow regress to the mean a little bit and that those numbers have regressed to the mean in the back half of those drafts. And in particular, a few of those years in the mid-rounds where, man, they just were not even starters, just quality starters that came out of an abundance of those third and fourth-round picks. Question two.
1: Still trying to think about left-handed. What Paul would be like if he had been
0: a southpaw? Asking mother right now. He does have it, the personality of a lefty. Let's be clear. He is eccentric. Yeah. <laughs>
2: what does that mean? You're yeah. exce-
0: you're, you're eccentric. You're unique. Uh, you do things your own way. Okay. Yeah, I think you have. Uh, I'm a lefty, so I'm speaking as <laughs> is is one with the direct knowledge. I'm of one that. of you. Jim Zorn, yeah. I, if, if Paul, if you would have said to me, if I would have never watched you do anything athletically or right in a year or so, or however long it's been to get to know you, and you would say, do you think I'm right-handed or left-handed? There'd been no hesitation. Oh, you're a lefty. I mean, there's no question. You're a lefty.
1: I appreciate Brock, that.
0: Brock, question two <laughs> is, what's
1: happening with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers good or bad for the sport? You could say good because hey, this is huge off-season drama, and the and the NBA has made a lot of money off of turning their sport into a who's mad at who and soap opera thing. You could say bad and that you're having uh, the reigning MVP who could be forcing his way out of the smallest market in the league. Is it good or bad? What's going on?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's just fine. I think I, I would land more on the good end of things. That that, that whole conversation that no. You know, there, there's no level of attention or news. It's bad news that if you continue to be in the high headlines, continue to be talked about, your ratings continue to thrive. I mean, we have seen this for years. Uh, I think he learned a little from his predecessor. I mean, how much drama did Brett Favre seemingly create year after year after year near the end of his tenure there in Green Bay? Was it ever this this persnickety you know, I think I think Aaron's personality maybe plays in a little bit more. Favre's is just kind of your Hattiesburg, Mississippi, whatever. Tried to play that card a little bit. And uh, the good old boy card. And, and Aaron Rodgers is feisty, man. He's snarky. His personality is very different. I told you guys yesterday. I mean, to me, he could be a cold-blooded businessman. And that's how he's going to go about this. But we've seen Darrell Revis. We've seen guys hold out for entire years. We've kind of seen the whole spectrum from a, from an elite MVP, the franchise quarterback of quarterbacks? Maybe not. But, Danny, I, I tend to think that this will absorb into one of many storylines and headlines over the course of this offseason and training camp until something gets resolved after June 1.
2: Is there a line you don't cross when it comes to a player like
0: this? From whose perspective? I would from say. the organization's th-
2: perspective? The organization, when it comes to making that guy as happy as you possibly can
0: you got to be a little bit careful, too, because, I mean, how much do you want to sabotage, you know, your salary cap? I, I mean, the, the great challenge is they have been so unbelievably spoiled, a little bit like the Indianapolis Colts were for so many years, going from Peyton to Andrew Luck. Now, Andrew cut his career short on his terms, on his choice. But, you know, I mean, look at from from Favre to to Aaron Rodgers. What have you had now? 30 years? I mean, Aaron's been at it yeah. sixteen, and Favre was about that long before him.
2: Nineteen ninety three, ninety two. I mean, it's yeah.
0: crazy. Thirty years of stability at that position, after having not much other than the Magic Man before that. So I think that's where there's probably the most fear and consternation in that fan base of the reality of, oh my gosh, we've not had to really worry about this position for three decades, whereas so many franchises, Chicago's had nothing largely for three decades. Right, so the Denver team since Peyton Manning started more quarterbacks than any other team in this league, trying to get this thing right. So, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, Seattle's had some pretty good fortune. Man, Hasselback came to town in what oh one oh two. So between he and Russ, you've you've largely had almost two decades of pretty darn good stability at the position. So, to me, Brock, that's we where we did have two years
1: was. of Charlie Whitehurst. Yeah,
0: T. Jack, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> It ran through a few. Charlie was the worst. Please don't bring up Charlie. That guy played a long time in the league, and it's yes, he did. <sighs> Looks like he could play a lot of music. He's yep. Jules Roadie these days.
1: Question three. <laughs> Question three. <laughs>
2: it's
0: true. I think have... I, I think they're still together. What did Mom say about your left hand in She got back to you yet?
2: She hasn't. She hasn't okay. gone back to me.
0: Uh... Kitsy.
1: We need to hear about about what you might have cost him millions. (laughs) I I wanted Jerry Brewer. who's now at the Washington Post. I used to work with him at the Seattle Times when he was going to have his first son. I was like, tie that kid's right hand behind his back. Like, make him a left-handed pitcher. Kid will stay in the big leagues forever.
2: (laughs) Question three. So, this was, I think, buried over uh, the weekend as far as the draft picks that the Seahawks made, but... Damian Lewis is moving to left guard. Gabe Jackson's going to be right guard for the Seahawks. And I I just started thinking about the offensive line as a whole. And I thought, you know, Ethan Posick's got to be pretty thankful for this year's draft class. And, Brock, I wanted to know what Seahawks should be most thankful for this year's draft class, in your opinion, and least thankful Mm. for this year's draft class.
0: Ooh, that's a a pretty good question. I I would say Trey Flowers would be up on that list. I, I know they took Trey Brown in the fourth round. But he's going to still have an opportunity to make this team. And I still think compete for that, that corner spot, even though it's been rugged. Very, very rugged for a couple years for Trey. But, you know, knowing Pete, knowing this organization, they're going to play that out to the very, very end and still give him opportunity with some of his experience. So I think i probably put him near the top of that. Your safeties are fine. I think your linebackers are fine. Your D-tackles, you know, this was not a D-tackle draft. So, you know, a Brian Monet, I, I know he's distant on the depth chart a little bit, but he should be thankful because this was not, what, what the first D tackle go Christian Barmore in the mid thirties, you know, yeah. so there, there, this was not a good interior. This was not a good interior O-line and D-line draft. So exactly to your point, right. Ethan Postick and Brian Monet, Al Woods, frankly, you know, is, is a guy that we still don't know. He didn't play football last year and everybody just pencils it in and thinks he's going to be the exact same guy that he was two plus years ago. So probably put some of those on the list but but Trey as well because he still is going to have a chance to compete with Weatherspoon and in this rookie Trey Brown and everything else to solidify that other corner spot and you know we'll see you know I I know one of the other headlines don't know how much y'all talked about it yesterday is that Pete's been talking to Richard Sherman you know and that tells you that that corner spot is still one that they know that they've got to secure within this division within this conference you
1: think there's a shot that Richard ends up back here
0: Tell me what the deal is.
1: Well, that's the thing. Because do you. I, it's not going to be for a
0: lot of money. You, think he's, and did, so that's you the, think he's interviewing right now? You know, my folks at Fox, this is, I think, uh, you know, this is kind of the time of year where they do lots of demos, they do lots of interviews, lots of dry run. You think You think Richard's doing some of that at ESPN or doing that at Fox and seeing, geesh, can I get three, four, five million bucks there? Or can I get two, three, four, five, ten million bucks still in the NFL? We just saw. What Andrew Villanueva, the, the veteran tackle, get a two-year, fourteen million dollar deal, eight guaranteed from the Baltimore Ravens? So, different there's position. It totally different position. Totally, totally different position, and in one that you can play into your late thirties. Corner position, tough. Yep. You know, there were a lot of people that said too. Well, can Richard Sherman do what what you know, Rod Woodson did, right? Which we have seen some of those bigger corners do at the end of their career. Charles Woodson did, right? They transition into safety. I, I'm curious if that has come about at all in conversations with Casey Hayward or conversations with Richard Sherman, and and obviously that wouldn't be a fit here with 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 Diggs and, and Jamal, Jamal in place. Yeah, so if if it's a if it's a deal, Danny, at the right number, I think it's that's why they're having those. the right I number. I think I think that's why they're having. I, I, that's why I, I agree Rich with you talking. too. Is four million
1: dollars? Would you pay Richard Sherman four million dollars? I think Uh, that's the number. Like, honestly, I think think that's that's
0: a pretty fair number right there. Yeah. Yeah. $4
1: million. I think the team would sit there and think about it. I'm not sure if Richard plays for that. I think it's more likely
0: that the team's cool with that than Richard is. I think the team is going to get a little look at Mr. Witherspoon, going to get a little look at Trey Flowers, going to get a little look at Trey right. Brown, going to get a little Good look at, at Desir. I think going to try to get a little look, wouldn't you think, here through rookie minicamp and when they eventually get to phase two. And those, I think many of those guys I just mentioned are probably going to want to give the team a little look so they can try to solidify a little bit of their ground. But it wouldn't surprise me, Danny, if he is still out there come training camp they get a little look, see, and go, yeah, four million. I think's a good number for us. At that point, does Richard say, "Yeah, I know it's good for you, but I want seven? I know, and that's where, like, no,
1: I'm not going above four million. Four million is the one is the number that makes me sit and, and think about it. Like, I could
0: see the value of that. Four point seven five.
2: Would you want to make an <laughs> offer to him if he said no?
0: <laughs> would you so this think- is yeah, this is business. This is Richard being his own agent, right? And by the way, have we ever talked about Bobby Wagner maybe doing the best deal of any of these guys that have represented themselves? Mm. They, I think He's Bobby did he been pretty it. good. I you know what, though? Pretty good. You, you, know, you know who else did pretty good is Russell Okung. He did.
1: P- people laid him out for that first contract with Denver. He went and got a higher contract with, with the Chargers after that. He ended up getting traded to Carolina. Not only that, but he got some of that money in Bitcoin crypto you got some of that money in bitcoin brock not dogecoin though so i mean dogecoin's on fire this morning dogecoin coin is on absolute fire i'm up 10x we're taking that sucker to the moon diamond hands here paul
0: (laughs) brock we love you man it's good to talk to you we'll see you uh what thursday morning we'll do it again thursday yes we will talk to you then in
1: blue 42 uh brock brock is with us on monday tuesday and thursday